Hi guys, this is Doug Wagner. I'm the writer of Plastic and Vinyl, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Ah, oh, jeez, you're two for two. Wow. It's, that's scary, dude. Wow. I'm scared. scared. I know. Scared. There's a bear in the woods. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. It's crazy. Did we lose Jason? I hope not. Hell nah. Nice, nice. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 774. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and I am Brutus. (laughs) Brutus the Pregnant Pause. That's what that was. That's good. I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. Do that. I'm Brutus Beefcake. Nah, I gotta redo yeah. that. Uh, we don't redo anything here. Well, well I'm Bluto. Yes, yeah. you're Bluto. But, you know, it's odd you should say that. Oh, we'll get into it later. You're not Bluto. No, you're much too intelligent to be Bluto. Mm. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Here again, one more time around. And remember, if you want to get your comics, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door. Where do you go? Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where they have all the books you want at the exact price you want to pay, which is a lot less than the brick-and-mortar stores. Not saying they're better or inferior, but you're going to save a lot of money with Discount Comic Book Service. Write these down. Clover Press and the Library of American Comics. Terry and the Pirates, the Master Collection, Volume 1, $120 cover price. You pay for excellence. You are not going to pay $120, though. You are going to pay 30% of that, which is $84. That's a freaking value, I would say. From Antarctic Press, Tokusatsu Lives. It's Spectre-Man Heroes, number one of five. It's a miniseries, but I'm guessing that it's going to continue past that because people are going to go, they're going to lose their shit over this, and it's going to become an ongoing series of miniseries. You watch. But Spectre-Man Heroes number one of five focuses on Electroid Zaborger, and it is written by Hiroshi Kanatani and art by Kanatani and the great Matt Frank. Cover price on this bad boy is $4.99. I know, but uh, you're going to get it for half of that, which is $2.49. Last, but certainly, absolutely not least, some of the fondest memories I have of being a kid came out of Erie Publications. There's a book coming out from Fanico Enterprises called Erie Publications, The Complete Covers, The Whole Bloody Mess. It's an art book, right? You need this. Bill Alexander et al. on the gruesome, grisly, disgusting covers. Mike Howlett's involved in this. It is a 240-page softcover and hardcover. You can has it for either $41.97 or $27.97. That's 30% off. And while you're at it, pick up the companion volume from Feral House, also including work by Mike Howlett and Steve Bissett. The Weird World of Eerie Publications. This sucker is beautiful. I have it, and I would not part it 
part with it for the world. It's $32.95, which is a bargain when you see how thick and beautifully illustrated it is. But you, because you're really smart, are going to pay 25% off that price and get it for $24.71. Money in the bank. There are, there are many, many buckets on the covers of these eerie publications with gris, gristle and entrails and heads and all body parts sticking out of them. Money in the bucket. Just do it. DCBService.com. You will thank us. Oh, how you will thank us. There will be so much thanking. It will be like genuflecting to a next level. Right. Thanking for days. All the thanking. I know, because we love them so much. Mm-hmm. You know what else we love? What? We love to pay homage to our favorite comics and creators of each year in the little thing we call the 11 O'Closkers. Yes, I can't wait. I'm going to surprise yes. you, I think, this year. Well, I, I, I look forward to that. And we are about a month away, maybe five weeks, depending, give or take, you know, how things go. But, uh, listen, there's two weeks left in the year, people. That means you probably got some comics left to read. But for the most part, you're a good 90 95% done with what you read this year. And you've probably got, at least in some areas of comicdom, some pretty strong thoughts as to what your favorites are. Probably won't be usurped. And I mention that because... Every year we, we, we talk this up, and then every year people uh, say to themselves, well, you know, I'm just going to wait until after the year's over and then vote. And that's fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. But I found that uh, after doing this a bunch of years that, that it's better to take your time with it. You know, you always tell your kids when they're doing the schoolwork, make sure you give yourself time to go back and reread it, do that final edit. Most of the time they don't listen to you. But if they did, they'd get straight A's. So what you need to do is go to 11oclockcomics.com the top left banner you'll see the 2021 11 o'clockers little tab there dap created it click on that it's going to bring you right to the online ballot it's going to introduce the ballot explain the awards to you it's going to talk about how we have an in-stock trades raffle that's going to uh scale from 25 dollars up to a hundred dollar gift certificate depending on how many people enter the uh their choices this year and um and, and start filling it out, you know, get at least get familiar with the categories. Uh, we would love if a lot of you listening, listen, we, we have a lot more listeners each episode than have ever voted for this thing. And I get it. Sometimes it's hard. You think like, well, I only read big two comics or, oh, you know, I really only read European comics or, oh, I'm, you know, I'm only into sci-fi comics. That's okay. We have categories for all those things. So if you only have a few categories that you feel like you're an expert on, just vote for those. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, when Dave Meltzer asks for people to, rest, to vote for the Wrestling Hall of Fame, you know, some people don't vote in the in the, in the the Lucha category because they don't watch Lucha. Mm-hmm. So if you're not a fan of web comics, don't vote for your favorite web comic. It's all good. But do vote for the things that really curled your toes. Because the more entries we get, I think we always have a, a much richer, broader representation of what everybody's thinking. You know, we don't want to. We don't want the eleven classes to just be about the three of our viewpoints. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure, you all, at least for some crazy reason, care about what we think were the the top choices for the year. But but ultimately, I personally love seeing when a great number of our awesome community members vote, and we collate the results, and we get a sense for what y'all were loving. So. 
Head on over, 11oclockcomics.com, click on the O'Closkers banner at the top, and vote away, please. Uh, since we're doing some house cleaning, housekeeping, um, might as well mention that December's book of the month has been decided. Uh, if you are new to this show, just about every month we have a poll for the, uh, for what our patrons can vote on that we will discuss at the end of the month. Patreon.com slash one one o'clock comics uh december's books were 1975 the final night flaming carrot comics omnibus volume one hawk world maze world from rebellion 2000 ad punisher welcome back frank superman the last son thorgall volume one child of the stars underworld from europe comics and Wind Book One, Flight of the Prince. None of those won. The winner is an old epic miniseries known as Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown, written by the Simonsons, illustrated both as they each take a character by Kent Williams and John J. Moot. Those two characters, of course, would be Havoc and Wolverine. Um, I don't think I've read it since... It came out. I might have revisited it or flipped through it, but I'm looking forward to sitting down and and, and rereading it. Um, and it'll have fun memories from Emerald City Comic Con because not only did I buy it again at our convention we attended last weekend, but uh, a friend of ours also purchased it. So I'm really curious to hear what uh, what he has to think about it when he finally reads it. Um, but yeah, so again, every month, give or take. Uh, you can participate by becoming a patron and uh, and voting in January. Well, there you go. I just want to follow up on something Jason said at the beginning of the episode when he mispronounced oh Bluto's name to Brutus. Uh, Brutus he did. Yeah. You actually didn't make a mistake. No, because Bluto was called Brutus for a time. Did they at one point try to say they there were brothers? We go. No, I don't remember that. May, uh, okay. in, maybe in the cartoons, but okay. I don't okay. think ever in the in the strips. But um, so Seeker was way dead by this point, and and Popeye had gained new life as a cartoon uh, motion picture uh, cartoon character. And um, long story short, if you want to read about it, go to the Wikipedia page. Um, it's it's pretty concise and and accurate, but. Um, King Features thought that Paramount owned the name Bluto. So they changed it to Brutus, but they didn't really own it. And it, it flip-flopped and eventually went back to, to Brutus, to, to Bluto. But Jason, that was incredibly canny on your part to not only use Bluto, but Brutus as well. Love it. You're, you're you're too you're so smart you don't even know when you're being friggin' smart. All part of the plan, man. I know. Yeah. Well, <sighs> you know I I tip my hat to you all the time. So word. There's that. There's a bird. Let's talk about some comics. Let's do it. I am. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about this series. Uh, after two issues, it is top of my stack. 
all the time. Jabez, really? Yeah, yeah. And I don't see it on your list, and I doubt Dap read it. But um, I think you'd both like it. Uh, it's from Vault Comics. It's written by Mark Russell. And if that doesn't establish a precedent, um, or at least speak volumes about the quality of the writing, then I don't know what will. Because Mark Russell, he of Flintstones and uh, other books, Russell's a really good writer. Um, And he speaks beyond the page in most of his uh, written work. Uh, This is no exception. Uh, So written by Russell, illustrated by Benjamin Tizma, with color art by Vladimir Popov. It's called Dead Box, and this is issue two. I talked about issue one. Not going to rehash anything I talked about before. Um, safe to say that we're going to go back to Lost Turkey, which is the city in which all of the stories take place. Uh, but this time around, the focus shifts slightly away from Penny. Remember Penny? She didn't go to college. Or she came back from college, and she's taking care of her ailing father, and she's having troubles running the store, the store that has the dead box in it. Red box, dead box. And the uh, the dead box dispenses movies that no one has heard of before. They don't come up on IMDb searches. They're totally unique. And this is the machine that only spits them out. So it's kind of a cool Twilight Zone-ish um theme going on but penny's not the focus of this issue focus is a married couple named bobby and kate randall and they're they're at a a swap meet Uh, i call it a flea market and bobby makes a disastrous mistake Uh, one that throws his marriage and his life into turmoil and when you hear what the mistake is you're going to be like what Uh, His transgression was that he bought a pair of purple pants for the bargain sum of $3. And the pants turned out to be (gasps) women's pants. And he loves the pants. He put the pants on. He's like, I had a pair like this in college. These pants are awesome. Look at these pants. And Kate's like, wait a minute. Those are women's pants. And Bobby's attraction to the pants immediately prompts his wife to believe he's gay. Or, in her words, at the very least, he's a swish. This is where it gets really dicey for me, and it starts my blood a-percolating, and it's the thing that incenses me the most, yet I can't turn away from it. Katie Kate claims, per the words printed in that book that everybody's so fond of, that it's a crime against God, that her husband is an abomination which with, with which she wants nothing to do because this guy is wearing a pair of purple pants tailored for the female form. She wants nothing to do with the man that she loves. She separates herself from him. She goes off her way and lives in one spot. He goes to a um, motel or whatever. And and she says she'd get a divorce if that wasn't also against God's will. Can you see where this is starting to piss me off? Right? 
starting to piss me off just hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. So they separate, and Bobby agrees to counseling. Yeah, why not? I love Katie. I'll do it. I'll go to counseling. But, of course, the person overseeing the counseling is a Baptist pastor. You know, the type that believes he has the big guy on speed dial. Oh, I shouldn't say big guy. He has the big thing on speed dial. And the pastor claims that the pants, or or more to the point, the desire to wear the purple pants, is keeping Bobby from salvation. Don't you want to go to heaven? Why would you allow yourself to be dragged to the fiery depths of hell by wearing these purple pants? And the son of a bitch exploits Bobby's ordeal in a sermon. He's talking to the flock about the obstacles on the path to salvation. And he asks his flock, what are the purple pants in your lives? It's maddening. It, it's infuriating. It drove me crazy. But it, I was compelled to keep turning the page. Like, this is the stuff I love, hate. You know? We all have those things in our lives. And religion is my hot-button topic that drives me absolutely bug-fuck crazy. So where does the dead box come in? Which is the title of the comic, The Dead Box Better Show Up. Um, Katie rents a movie to take her mind off the fact that her husband's soul (laughs) will burn for eternity. And she rents a rom-com called Can I Have Banana Now? (laughs) And and this movie features two behavioral scientists. And they're both, um, they're they're competing for a promotion. There's only one promotion to be had, and you two are the best. So, you know, you got to fight it out. And, And the one with the best, the most revealing research into the minds of customers and employees, wins. And their test subjects are groups of monkeys. And they tempt them with the reward of bananas. Right? I won't tell you, I won't detail any of the research, because I think you should read it. Because it's a brutal, scathing commentary on conformity. and, And the reluctance of human beings to break from their programming. And that's the thing that drives me crazy. The The problem for me is that Katie loves her husband, and he loves her. But she ostracized him, and she's suffering. The woman is suffering. She's really, she's she's crying all the time. She, she sequesters away to a couch and she watches this movie and she she's beating herself up and she's worrying about you know the 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 soul of this man that she loves and all of this solely on the basis of stuff that was written in a stinking book drives me bananas and that's appropriate but it, it details russell's really cunning um the storyline there's a link between conformity and righteousness, right? That if you don't join our club, you're out. And if our club knows the magic recipe to get into heaven and you're not part of it, well then, 
you're out. Your soul's done, right? And not only in terms of religion, but just conformity as a malaise in America, where you have, we see it. You look out your window, turn on the TV. You see it all the time that conformity is very important to certain groups um, where if a doctrine is established and you don't conform to the letter of the doctrine, well, you're not one of us. Get the fuck out of here. You're, you're one of them over there. And that's the thing, that this book fosters this kind of thinking because if you don't believe that four-letter word, if you don't have faith in the stuff that's in this book, well, you're bad. There's something wrong with you. You're, you're, you're doomed. And, and all of these thoughts and all of these concepts come bubbling to the surface in this book. And it is amazingly done. I, the first issue was good. This issue was fantastic. And I'm so glad I'm getting this in single issues. Very, very thought provoking. I mean, it goes beyond the page. It's like a fart in a car. That's what Chris would say, where you experience it and it lingers. Because these are very important themes, very important ideas. Uh, I, if, if you want something that's going to have you, you know, mulling over existence in general for days, I suggest you check out Mark Russell's work on Deadbox. It's, I'm kind of torn because the, the premise is a little silly that there's a, supernatural red box that produces movies nobody's heard from before of before but it, it like i said it, that's it's a silly premise but the the stuff that russell's doing within the pages is amazing uh it's just it, it it's definitely a cut above i think you should check out dead box especially the second issue real horses vince hmm it's a mark russell orama oh snap damn it we are in sync. Woo! Love it. I didn't read the dead box, although I gotta admit, see, this is where I gotta I gotta be honest with the folks, the fine listeners. Vault's one of those publishers, they still haven't hooked me, so when I'm looking through the previews, man, I'm not I'm not diving into the solicits. Like I'm skimming it real quick, moving on. Cause if I skim if I if I actually gave it its due, I would have seen Mark Russell and thought, well, Maybe this is uh, worth my time, but I I didn't realize he was writing it because I'm a fan of Mark Russell. Yeah, he's and very I good. Too read a recently released Mark Russell comic, and it's one that uh, is from the Distinguished Competition. It's called One Star Squadron. A play wow. of on All Star Squadron, written by Mark Russell. And the other draw of this book for me was the art by Mister Steve Lieber. Oh, nice. Of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen fame, which was on a very short list, if not at the top of all of our favorite uh, uh, miniseries, limited series from a year ago in our last 11 O'Clockers. It got a lot of love. Now, is Um, is this a one-shot? No, this is the first issue of a six-issue limited series. Oh, nice. And it is, as one might think, with Russell writing and Lieber drawing, there is a humor... Uh, tinge to the book. The premise is that um, superheroism has met capitalism. Um, you know, we live in a world now where everybody has the personal quote unquote personal brand. They're monetizing it in lots of different ways. We ourselves are guilty of that. Uh, and in this, in DC, it's, it's no different. There are 
superhero personal appearances. There, there's like superhero cameos. There's, you know, superhero advertisement promotion, um, product placement, sponsorship. It's it's as though uh, all of the superhero world has become like booster gold. And curiously, uh, Red Tornado is the head of this uh, this this company. It's a it's a, a company that basically is a booking agency for for superheroes to uh, to to monetize themselves. And we get a glimpse into Red Tornado and his history, and and uh, he's um, he's. He's meant, he's he's got a malaise about him, you know. He's he's very introspective in this first issue, wondering like how in the hell he got to where he is. Like how did he end up becoming the lead pitch man for a business that basically tries to monetize the fact that they wear capes and have a history instead of out saving the world like they used to be or should be. And uh, but it's all done with a very funny bent, right? Like lots of sight gags, lots of tongue in cheek. Uh, criticism, much like you were saying, Russell is taking a a, a shot at uh, at organized religion and 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 our um, obsession with uh, with with convention. Here he's doing a similar satire uh, against capitalism uh, and personal brand and and in the world of social media. And um, again, this is all very fertile ground for him. This is the kind of thing he does. He did it with the Flintstones and the Wonder Twins and uh, Exit Stage Left, which was the Snagglepost book. Um, so it's, that is his stock and trade and he did it with, um, what, what's the name of that book that he did with Jesus and, and the superhero, um, second coming, second coming. Yeah. Second coming. Um, but first issue was a lot of fun. You know, I, I say this every time I talk about a book that's got a humor bent, I think humor is the hardest thing to pull off because I think you're immediately, um, uh, foreshortening your potential audience. You, if if a hundred people, if you can get ninety people out of a hundred to like a straight up superhero comic, um, you know that probably falls to forty or fifty that are going to like any any humor comic, even if it's well done from your standards. Just because humor is much more subjective, so I wouldn't be at all shocked if some people read this issue and thought, "Oh my god, this isn't for me at all." Totally fine. Um, I I would say half the humor humor books I pick up and read, I think, nope, I'm not going to pick up the next issue. Not my speed, but this. I'm very happy to say was absolutely my speed. And um, I think Lieber is perfect for this. Uh, the first issue ends on a, 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 a very uh, interesting cliffhanger. And uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I, it was a great start and uh, definitely the kind of palate cleanser I was looking for. So big ups to One Star Squadron number one. David. Guess Bring what? Russell Arama. Come on. Guess what, David? Guess what? 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 Gangbusters in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have it on the stack. I, I I haven't gotten to it yet. I I wish I did. Um, I just focused this week, but I uh, I, as soon as I saw the the cast of characters involved, and I I, I trust Russell and uh, my affinity for. Um, all Star Squadron, knowing that uh, they're they're poking fun, I I was looking forward to it. I was I was happy to see it solicited. Um, so I do have it. I just haven't uh, haven't sat down with it. But yeah, it looks great. Well, it's Steve Lieber. Come on, you know it's going to look great. It is going to look great. If there's a wink in it, I'm going to lose my shit. 
Is this your card? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Stop it. That's the one panel oh, that cracks me up every freaking time. Oh, <laughs> and the, the one where he's got the wig on. Stop it. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I do not have a Russell book. I'm looking for one in, in something I've read recently, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm failing. Uh, so I can't say it's a... Um, it's a Russell O'Rama. Uh, it's also not something that um, even really has much of a humorous bent because after finishing the series, it, it went in a different direction than I was expecting after Dmitz uh, and I talked about the first issue. I'm talking about Made in Korea uh, from Image and uh, by Jeremy Holt and George Shaw. And um, basically... 4594, a.k.a. Jesse, is an android, is a a construct um, purchased by Bill and Sulin Evans, who want a child. Um, She is shipped from Korea, ends up on their door. And the reason why she's in their lives, um, they can't afford what uh the models that uh Wukjin provides and uh Chul who is a programmer he uh did uh he's 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 broken the code hidden the code and in in um 4594 and to get it away from the company ships it to the Evans who, you know, couldn't pass the credit check and, and really shouldn't have been able to afford one of the, um, one of the models, uh, ends up on their doorstep and, uh, goes to school. She doesn't show off, but since she consumes everything, literature, Tell whatever she sets her eyes on, um, because she really doesn't need to power down or, or sleep all that much. So she's just she's a very voracious reader. Um, she gets to school and and uh, not knowing that she's showing off, she's just hey, listen, I learned this and I'm sharing that information. And um, some of the other kids in in school are kind of put off by it, but um, there's two students in particular who um, befriend her. And this is where it kind of goes in a direction I really wasn't expecting. And um, basically, these two kids, um, they they take her to the woods, and um, it's their sanctuary. And one of them opens up the shed, and there's a bunch of um, nail guns that, that, that they've put together. And uh, they do a lot of target practice and um, fuck around with explosives. One of the explosives, well, one of the explosions uh, shoots some debris back at them and lodges a piece of metal in Jesse's arm. Um, they're amazed at this. And um, when she removes 
the piece of shrapnel. Uh, you see the the wires and the metal, uh, which really impresses them because, wow, it's like she's indestructible. And then you start to find out that um, what they're what, 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 what these two students are planning is um, to shoot up the school and um, taking advantage of Jesse's abilities to make sure their plan goes off um, without a hitch. And while that um, subplot is going on because she's, now she's made these friends and, you know, she feels that, you know, they respect her. They understand her. Um, there's a little bit of uh, tension at home because Sulin is like, you know, these guys aren't your friends. And uh, and and she doesn't want to hear it because, you know, parents don't know nothing. Um, but Chul is um, back in Korea. He he uh, he wants to now that he you know he got Jesse out of the company he he wants to go back he wants to reclaim her he wants to you know bring her home and and keep her hidden and Sulin is like you can't just come and take like we own her she's ours she's our property she's our daughter like you can't just and um, he's trying to represent himself as as you know a customer service specialist from 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 Wukjin and and he's going to you know it, it it's all part of our customer service and and he starts talking to her in Korean now, now Sulin uh she speaks Cantonese she doesn't know Korean and when um when when Chul shows up he starts speaking to Jesse in Korean and he starts doing this like reset code and everything and it's um it's it's kind of a start it, it's you can you can just see the Evans are really um not cool with the situation they're they're they're, they're they don't know what this guy definitely isn't what he seems he's he's, he's got an ulterior motive um but uh before since since he's forced out of the house, he's told to leave. He goes back to his hotel. Um, and there's a news report that there is a shooting at the school, and um, Jesse pretty much saves the day uh, as much as she can. Um, but before, but but she's damaged uh, during during the event. Uh, doesn't go right home. Is hiding in the bushes, and and Chul finds her, and um, and she asks if if he can help her. He says, "I believe I can," and uh, and she asked if it's true that he created her, and and he says, "Yeah." So he he um, kind of just puts her in a duffel bag and hops on a plane back to South Korea, and um, and goes about repairing his daughter and uh and and there's still more to to tell with 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 this situation and um jesse is trying to understand who she is and and, and why she is the way she is um chul one of his former co-workers because chul was told to um chul was let go and uh 
one of his former co-workers sees him and sees Jesse and this fucking snitch goes back to work and he says uh he's like um Chul has created artificial intelligence he did so on company time and uh and and basically so he has he has company property and um and and so his dude is is reporting him and uh so now the company is after Chul is after Jesse um and there's a whole deal with with again Jesse trying to understand who she is and and trying to fit in with other people she she uh she asked Chul about whether or not you know it, it, is she going to be able to it, she wants to be able to grow up she wants her she wants her body to change she, she's stuck like this um and uh and Chul's trying to explain the situation um Chul's cousin is also involved in creating artificial intelligence and and uh and androids he he creates a bunch for um he has a bunch of models on display which are basically uh for pleasure uh whatever you want there's no judging you know if 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 you like transgenders if you like guys gals whatever um this is a place where you can just do whatever you want um do they give an address for that uh well it's, a url maybe it's still south korea but um okay yeah i mean and and listen shawl is like this is um yeah he's he's shawl's letting it all literally hang out on on some of these models it's it's uh it's pretty fascinating um they don't they don't shy away there's 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 nudity abounds um and uh even and Chul seems to have his eyes fixated on one particular male model, and and his cousin's like, listen, you know, we could set it up, and he's like, no, 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 I'm just admiring, you know, how how much detail you put into everything. <laughs> so he, his eyes shift down, and it's like, hey, now, um, but it's like, uh, it's like being in Dap's bathroom. <laughs> so before before Jesse can be destroyed by the company, um, uh, there's a whole bunch of fireworks, bunch of shits going on. I'm, I'm, I'm being intentionally vague here, but, um, I will say that, uh, it ends differently than I expected at the start. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, uh, I, 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 I it's a really interesting story. It's, it's, it's a story done well. I mean, the, the I really like Shaw's art. I think it, it, it really works for this particular tale. Um, but whatever I expected, at the start with the first issue of the six issue story, um, definitely diverted by the time we get, we get to the end and I'm mad about it. I, I, am glad it, 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 um, I'm glad it kept me guessing, but I'm glad that where it got to the part in the middle where it really was kind of dark. Um, it, 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 we didn't really necessarily dwell on it. Yeah. The, there's some questions. Things happen a little quickly just to move the story along, but, um, I mean, we had to get, we had to have that to get from there to here, and and I found with it, and 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 each issue also had a short backup story um, involving other androids and their families, and and all from different artists. Um, so it, it's each each backup looks a little different. Um, 
but it's it it was really entertaining it it was a um i'm not going to call it a sleeper or anything it it you know when i saw the solicits like i said Vincent and i talked about the first issue um good book real good book. and yeah i'm happy with with uh with the story they told i i thought it was was uh was entertaining uh, absolutely so um yeah if if you get a chance i believe it i i read the preview trade from the pdf from image so i don't know if the trade is actually out yet or if it's about to be uh but if um if you weren't getting the singles get your hands on the um on the trade cosine completely nice yeah you know who else cosigns does discount comic book service they work yeah dcpservice.com where they will give you your books at the price you want to pay which is very low Write these down. Clover Press in the Library of American Comics, Terry and the Pirates, the Master Collection number one will cost you $84. Spectrum Man Heroes number one of five from Antarctic Press featuring Zaborja will cost you $2.49. That's half off. And a whole mess of eerie publications from Fantico and Feral House. The complete covers the whole bloody mess from Fantico and the weird world of eerie publications from Feral House will cost you either hardcover or softcover on the former, uh, $41.97 for the hard, $27.97 for the soft, and the Feral House eerie publications book will cost you $24.71. In your travels, I am not a huge history buff by any means. I'll do I I do like a good conspiracy theory. Especially the the deeper more involved ones, the ones that resonate through society, the ones that have changed um American society. And I read a first issue of a of a miniseries that features one of the big daddy conspiracies or at least someone involved in a big daddy conspiracy. This was written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Luca Casalanguida. I didn't say that right. I'll try it again. Casalanguida. There we go. With color art by Giada Marchisio. It's published by Boom, and it's called Regarding the Matter of Oswald's Body. Number one. And the Oswald in question is, of course... Lee Harvey Oswald, infamous assassin of one of our greatest presidents, John F. Kennedy. I see Jason read this, so I will be interested to learn what Jason thought of this first issue, but I'm guessing because this first issue exploits that well-worn getting-the-band-together formula that Jason loves so much, I'm hoping that he enjoyed this issue, but we'll see. After last, no, after two episodes ago, all, the jury's out on what Jason likes or dislikes, so whatever. <laughs> lols. Yeah, lols. Um, so it starts in 1981 at the Rose Hill Cemetery in Fort Worth, Texas. If you know your history, you know who's buried there. Lee Harvey Oswald. And they exhume his body uh, to squelch, once and for all, the conspiracy theories that... The assassin did not meet his end at the barrel of Jack Ruby's gun. That, in fact, there was a double, a doppelganger that was killed instead and buried in Oswald's grave. So then we shift 
back to 1963 where a man named Frank, Frank knows things. So Frank is rounding up a posse of misbegotten sons and daughters of America. Outcasts, disenfranchised, misunderstood, rejects, right? He dubs them the October 55th group, and they are four. You got Shep, a down-on-his-luck dime-store cowboy, half-assed crook, who botched every aspect of a ham-fisted bank robbery, save one. He didn't get caught. He's very good at eluding the authorities. Got a guy named Buck Willie, who I saw as the Latino Roy Orbison. Light, okay? Very light. Um, His musicianship and his singing ability are almost nil. But he does have one extraordinary trait. He knows cars and what makes them tick inside and out. You show him a car, he'll tell you everything about it, how to fix it, how it drives, the different models. Like Buck Willie knows cars. We also have a guy called Wainwright, uh, uh, a young man born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Uh, but he has failed attempts at entering college, the FBI, the CIA. Daddy didn't give attention, as Pearl Jam is wont to say. Uh, Wainwright is handsome, but he's burdened by a secret. One that was not publicly spoken in the early 60s. Wainwright is gay. He's also a marksman of exceptional skill. You put a gun in this guy's hands, he will meet his target. He's that good. Last, we got a woman, codenamed Yellow Rose. And there's, there's double layers of bad luck on this gal. Uh, the first, uh, for being born a woman. The second, for being born black in a time and place. Remember, Texas 1963, that didn't cotton to no coloreds. So uh, she, she's, uh, when, we, when we meet her, she's incarcerated for ordering a pastrami sandwich from a deli. Uh, she ordered at the front counter where the white people ordered. So she was thrown in, 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 in jail. So what's her special skill? Well, um, she, she's a forger. She makes phony checks. And she cashed them, and they always pass muster. They're indistinguishable from the genuine articles. So, so she was chosen for her proficiency at creating forgeries. So now we have four people with exceptional skills, one that can evade the law, one that's good with automobiles, a crack marksman, and a forger. For what purpose could these people possibly have been gathered? Well, here's the job. And uh, if they successfully complete the job, they'll be set up for life in whatever arena they choose. Their job is to locate a man that looks a lot like Lee Harvey Oswald. And that's where the issue ends. Man, uh, this issue just mesmerized me. And like I said, uh, the the historical aspects of some things don't compel me to read. This wasn't preachy. It wasn't overloaded with, with uh, dates and times and, and historical facts and, and all that crap. 
it was a it was a heist of sorts. The heist being to or the caper being to find this Lee Harvey Oswald doppelganger, uh, or is he? We don't know, but I thought it was wonderful. Just totally blew me away. Uh, bought it in paper. So glad I did. I say that all the time. But um, it's a miniseries, so I'm going to gladly stream down this highway to its completion. I can't wait. Uh, the second issue was released today. No, was released Wednesday, because this is not Wednesday. This is Sunday. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you're looking for an awesome first issue to a very compelling miniseries regarding the matter of Oswald body number one from Boom. Now, here's the part where Jason says, I like it when my friends read stuff they enjoy. Listen, just because I did that to you recently. <laughs> I scarred. I, I was scarred, my man. I was scarred. I scarred you. No, I really enjoyed it. I really Yay! enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, Yay! I thought it was great. I, I mean, I, um, full disclosure, I, I, I only read it because I saw that you read it. I'm like, oh, let me see what this is about. Um, and I'm glad, I'm glad I, I'm glad, glad I made the leap because, um, it, it, I dig historical fiction when it's well done, and like you said, this could have been dry, it could have been preachy, it, and right. um, we all have pretty strong directional political leanings, but even that can sometimes be burdensome and try and make it into a inter- source of entertainment. And this wasn't that. Um, and but you you hit the nail on the head with your uh, with your opening salvo, which is that. To, this issue was getting the band together, and I'm all for that. That is my that's your thing. That's my, my G spot. Yeah, yeah. A perineum, baby. That's the perineum technique for Woodrow. Uh, so yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I, I'll, I'm interested to see if the second issue can can hold, hold me at such a level because the band's together now. But uh, but yeah, it was cool. I'm so pleased to hear that. There you go. Aww. Nice. So sweet. In <laughs> uh, your travels. Um, I'm just about finished with this small little uh, adaptation, but uh, I'm confident that, uh, it's worth mentioning now for any travels. This is a um, this is Star Wars Guardians of the Wills, the manga, uh, based on the novel by Greg Rucka. This is adapted by John Sui and illustrated by Subaru. Doubt they're related to the car company, but it's basically... Um, it takes place before um, Rogue One, one of the best Star Wars movies, and uh, it's it, it, the focus is, of course, Chirrut and uh, and and Boz, and it's um, there's an appearance by Saul Guerrero, and uh, I think the art is solid. It doesn't, strangely enough, or Maybe not. It doesn't read like a traditional manga. You 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 read it the way you would an American book. Um, so that threw me briefly. Uh, but it's it's published by Viz. It's um, you know, the our our heroes, of course, are, are faced against the Empire. Uh, there's some orphans involved that uh, that they're trying to uh, save or protect. Uh, rations, medicine, things are not um, so plentiful uh, on Jeddah. So it, it's it's times are a little rough, a little hard. Um, but uh, they said our heroes are 
trying to make life comfortable for those that uh, that have been affected by the uh, the Empire's presence. I didn't read the the novel it's based on. I have a feeling that the way the story is laid out, um, there isn't much that the, even. I mean, it's not a super long book. It's 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 about two hundred pages, but um, I have a feeling based on what we see and read on these pages, uh, it's pretty faithful to, to what Greg wrote. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's, um, it, it was something that I saw in previews decided what the hell I, I don't read too many. Um, st- I, I have read anything based on, on rogue one. I I'm happy to read star Wars comics of any, um, shape or fashion. But, um, aside from rogue one, there isn't a whole lot we know, about these two guys. And we actually find out how, um, has got his blaster, which was a pretty neat story, but, uh, yeah, no, I thought that this was, this was a lot of fun. Um, fun might not be the right word because we, we do, by the time we get to the end of this story, we do know their fates. Uh, but it is nice seeing the relationship of these two friends fleshed out a little bit more. Um, because they do have a great relationship in the movie. Uh, again, I mean, Rogue One is one of my favorites, but uh, but that's also because of uh, the characters we see in the movie. I think everybody does a fantastic job. Um, so to get a little bit more of of these two um, pleased me. I, I I I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I I, I had a kick out of. Uh, I've been enjoying the first half. Looking forward to finishing it. And, um, and yeah, I think I, I definitely recommend it. If you enjoyed rogue one and who didn't, uh, I think you, um, you will enjoy this. And if you did read the novel and you end up reading this, I'm curious to know, um, how the two compare, but yeah, in your travels, star Wars guardians of the list. Excellent. Um, so a couple quick hits here. First of all, uh, I have to give a quick shout out. Thank you to uh, our good buddy Seneca, uh, longtime friend of the show. Uh, can't wait to see him next year at Heroes. He and his bro. He uh, sent me a, uh, a a birthday present, Christmas slash birthday present, and it was a piece of art. And it was not just a piece of art. It is a beautiful commission of Wolverine hanging ever so precipitously by uh, just his claws from a mountaintop. And he is uh, in the other arm holding my girl Domino from falling to their possible deaths. And uh, this was drawn it's full color. This was drawn years ago by our good friend and con buddy, Mr. Brian Vander. Um, And uh, Seneca sent it to me because he said he's always thought this was his first ever commission that he got. And he always thought, uh, as he got to know me, that I should own it. And uh, I was just gobsmacked by that on many levels and uh, and wanted to thank him publicly for that. Um, now, in terms of in your travels, I hope many of you are going to join me, if you're listening to this on Sunday, uh, in, uh, in seeing uh, or having already seen the Spider-Man film. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to talk about it with all of y'all. Uh, and then in terms of book, very excited. I mentioned uh, last episode that... Uh, that I'm back on a winning streak with some of these, uh, European adaptations. And, uh, so from magnetic, thank goodness. Cause magnetic was on a three, three, three book losing streak for me. Um, in your travels, give a read to letters from animals to those who think they're just beasts. Long title, uh, for sure. 
it is um, written by uh, Alain Bougrain, uh, and uh, it is drawn by Giovanni Regano uh, of Artemis Fowl fame. Uh, you may re- recognize the name Bougrain. He's the author of the Love and Little Tales series, which were also published here by Magnetic. This is uh, an, a graphic book. This is a graphic adaptation of uh, of letters, writings by um, naturalist Alain uh, Bougrain Dubourg, and uh, and basically. He's a, a conservationist, and each of them are little two, three, four page, wonderfully illustrated chapters uh, featuring different animals and uh, and how they're being misused, persecuted uh, by our fuck ups, uh, whether it be you know mice with research or sea turtles with plastic or sharks with uh, you know shark fin soup, and uh, and each of these chapters ends with uh, a, a graphic excerpt of these letters explaining how. Uh, we can uh, do better and how we can help uh, turn the tide uh, in these animals' fates. Absolutely beautiful book, visually stunning, um, perfect for any age, for kids, great for classroom. I hope this gets picked up by a lot of library groups and is used in classrooms, but humongous fan of it. Uh, If you're an animal lover, you have to have this book on your shelf. So once again, by Magnetic, it's called Letters from Animals to Those Who Think They're Just Beasts. It looks great. Yeah. Definitely going to have to grab that. Well done, Jason. And speaking of Jason, it's Sunday. You know what that means? It's Jason's birthday. Four to seven. Happy Four to seven. Happy birthday, Jason. <laughs> Hopefully you received that, that Popeye and you've read it. And Well, probably not because you're a busy man. But I expect it read for next episode. It's on. Like, Thank you very much. L- like the Donkey Kong. That's right. Four to seven. My man. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jason. I sent you a I picture. Dad doesn't want to sing me happy birthday. Did you see the picture I sent you on the Slack? I saw it. Isn't that nice? It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> we all want for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I want that every day. Every damn day. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us once again. Please, if you want more of this, go to the Facebook, Reddit, Insta. Is it Meta now? Do we say Meta, or you still say Facebook? No, the the apps are still uh, as named. Just the okay. company's called Meta. Right. So go to Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and Twitter. We're there twenty four seven. If you would like to see what this whole Patreon thing is about, go to patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics. It is free. Like Jimmy J.J. Walker says, it's free the entire month. You can see the stuff that everybody sees on a regular basis. The patrons, that is. So go there, and we would love to have you. In the meantime, do it up right and say, say goodnight. I need something to bang. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, guess what? The apothic is gone. So, <laughs> stupid Vince. David. Say goodnight. We're just going to give him this one because he's going to nail it. You oh know he is. Oh, my God. Hoy. What is that? Is those castanets? Ah, <laughs> uh, David. No, it's a, um, it's a brass... Uh... Brass monkey? Yes. That That monkey monkey. monkey. And (laughs) balls? And I guess we're done. (laughs) Sure. Sure.
We love you people. Come back next time. We'll be here waiting for you, maybe with a hot or cold beverage of your choice and a sandwich. But we'll just feed people now. Well yeah. Go read some comics and then come back. Because we will be waiting for you. That's it for that one.